Becky and I started the Bar Crawl Radio podcast with the firm belief that the best conversations happen at your neighborhood bars. But all our great Upper West Side bars are closed. (sighs) Poor bar owners, poor bartenders, poor bar patrons. The closest I can get to a pub these days is to order wine from our local liquor store. Got to thank you, Governor Cuomo, for making these bastions of Malbec and Cabernet essential services. (gasps) Such a wise leader. So, now we're all hunkered down. But Bar Crawl Radio moves forward via Skype. For this episode, Becky and I revisited the stars of the podcast Angst and Daisies, Steve Saparito and Caroline Aaron, who is the co-star in The Amazing Mrs. Maisel. She is the senior Mrs. Maisel. This conversation ranged from surviving these perilous times to the impossibility of producing a TV show during a pandemic to tips on keeping corona from our front doorsteps. And if you like what you hear, let us know by emailing us at barcrawlradio at gmail.com. And so with that little intro, here we go. You guys sound like you're in the room. That's good. I'm, I'm yeah. here. Hi. Hi. How are hey, you? There you are. Did you see me? Okay, oh, yeah, we can I, see you. Yeah, we, we didn't turn our camera on. Turn the camera on, Al. I, yeah, this, he always well, because keeps the camera just, off. Well, because it would just see me. It wouldn't see you. That's okay. No, but you're the pretty yeah. one. I'm not. <sighs> Please. Fine. Uh, who, who even cares? The Beauty Highway is shut down. <laughs> <laughs> We can't have our nails done. We can't have our hair done. I know. You know what, what happens? I don't know how to get this, this gel hair. off. Your hair looks great. How do you, Hello, how do you... everybody. Hi. I'm so glad we're all here together. It's nice. We're, we're all, we're all it, here, it feels not like together. I have a date or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited. Steve, can I hear you? Because I hear Alan Gray. Can you hear me? Yes, perfectly. Okay, that's that's how I sound. Okay. Now, you sound yeah, can, good. Can, can you do something better than that? I don't. I, I don't like that sound. It's a different voice. Something. Can you be Cary Grant? Uh, yes. I actually have a, a, an app that lets me do a whole bunch of things. It makes me sound like the Borg or uh, a cheering crowd. Or yeah. how fun! I, I used it in my last podcast. You geeks are driving us crazy. I know. Exactly. Well, that's okay. that's why we buy all this equipment is so that we can be geeky and all right, be geeky and really, post and really weird. Hey, you <laughs> took the light away. Now I can't see. Oh, sorry. Well, there you have to put the light on you so everyone could see you. No, don't worry about it, Alan. Okay. Really. <laughs> okay. All right, here we this go. This is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's go. All right, so all right. I'm gonna we're gonna pick it up from like after I do all the introductions. Hey, Caroline, how are you? Hi, Steve. Um, it's a little different today because we're in with uh, back with Alan and Becky. Hey guys, hi. Hello. How are you doing? Well, we're not really in together because uh, we're we're sitting in the uh, Windermere Hotel on the Upper West Side. Mm, not you, anymore. I don't think it's a hotel anymore. Yeah, and you all are sitting in two other places. Where where are you? I'm in Midtown Manhattan. All right, and I and I'm up in the Bronx. Right. And we and we we can see your apartments. We didn't turn our camera on, so we're right. we're skyping this uh, this dual podcast between Bar Crawl Radio and um, Angst and Daisies, and uh, we we're thrilled about the fact that we're in a pandemic. Isn't it wonderful? 
Well, I, you know, I actually thought of you guys when this happened because, you know, our podcast, the conceit is we get off the couch and into the street and that can't happen anymore, yeah. uh, at least yeah. for a while. And yours is about talking to people in bars. And that can't happen for a, uh, at least a little while. No, no, not. But at least they've they've kept the liquor stores open. So oh, the, yeah. the governor, in his it wisdom, was. they're doing good business. They say. So I it's called like, up our local liquor store and ordered a case of wine. Luckily, you still get wine delivered. So we got well, some wine. That's, and, that's the real question: is what are you drinking? Now? Uh, I'm I'm drinking a Malbec. I don't have oh, the title. That, you had that one when we met. Was a Malbec, I believe. Uh, usually, when I'm at Gephardt's, I drink beer. Some kind of beer. Yeah, uh, was, and you and you had a you had a. Um, we probably um, talked about it though, because that is his favorite. Tomato one. juice and 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 vodka, I think, or yeah. something. Yeah, she I had think, a Bloody Mary. Caroline, I had a Bloody Mary, an afternoon Bloody Mary. Yes, that's right. Continue to drink, and you know, I'm not really a drinker, but I think this pandemic could could really convert <laughs> me. Right, so we're we're, we're having problems true. getting food delivered, but there was no problem getting a case of wine. Right, it was at easy. Least, oh. At least we know the priorities are straight. <laughs> so, what are you drinking, Steve? Well, I, for the occasion, I've I've made a, a Manhattan. Oh, nice Manhattan! Manhattan nice. My yeah. goodness, a, a bourbon Manhattan or a, a Manhattan, Manhattan is uh, bourbon, sweet vermouth, and bitters. You're talking to yes. a former bartender here. You could Steve. be Hennessy. Cherry you, you could do. There's I, things, other things you could do to that that drink. But yeah, that's the. Uh, the norm. What are the other things? Hennessy. People put in cognac sometimes. Oh, yeah. interesting. I used to that's love Manhattan's. Drink. Caroline, what are you drinking? Um, I'm having Diet Coke, chicken noodle soup, and coffee. And those are my. I'm having a lot of liquids. Right, not not all in one glass. Right, they're in separate no, no, no. Uh, vessels. I have like a tasting menu for my, uh, you know, my drinking pleasure. Are you- I have been drinking Bloody Marys though, and what we have been doing at night is picking a movie, getting a cocktail, and pretending like we're going to the movies. Like very you know, nice multitasking. Very nice. That's great. So what what have you been watching? Okay, so last night's entertainment, as an example, we watched Elaine Stritch at Liberty, which was a filmed recording of her live performance at the Old Vic in England. Oh, my God. And it was Stephen Sondheim's birthday, 96 <laughs> years old. And so it was sort of the history of uh, Sondheim and Elaine Stritch's partnership in the Broadway musical theater. So that was really, that's a very niche recommendation. May not interest a lot of people, but we had a blast. And it's called At at Liberty. That is is the definition of a gay old time. (laughs) That's a gay old time. You betcha. You betcha it was a gay old time. Where where do you, do you watch it on Hulu or or Amazon Prime? Amazon Prime. My former employer. And may I just say. Yeah. Yeah, wait, wait, is, um, I want to get to that, but shouldn't we yeah, talk no, about the well, wait, films no, we're watching? No, 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 Caroline brought it up. What's happening with Mrs. Maisel? I guess you guys are in uh, hiatus well, we now. Got an email, uh, let's say two weeks ago. Isn't it amazing, you guys, how there will be some brilliant mathematician or scientist talk about how now time has different quantity. Like two weeks now is a much bigger section of time than it ever was you got it yeah so two weeks ago we got an email saying that we would be expected to start rehearsing around may 25th and we would start shooting around the first of june the writers and costume people were already back at work in pre-production then a week later again a lifetime because it was a week ago we got an email saying that amazon 
uh, had said that they wanted to push our pre-production ahead three weeks. So now we were looking at starting rehearsals kind of the middle of June. We'd start shooting around the 1st of July. That was the last update other than rumors. And the rumors... They haven't contacted you? No. Wow. No, no. Nobody, nobody knows what's, nobody knows. That's the Except problem. Donald Trump knows. He said, <laughs> well, he's the smartest yeah, man yeah. in the world. No, but I mean like, okay, so we're talking about in the, in the Hollywood world, in other words, people don't know. No one, yeah. knows. No one knows. Okay. There's, I've two, got our, go ahead, there's two things that are having to be sort of navigated. So if you think about all entertainment product, um, if it's the theater and it's live, that ins- or or a concert hall or whatever, that insists on an audience, which is a gathering of people. Right. Lots of people. So we have no idea when that will be a safe thing to do. So all live performances are in limbo. And right. I would say they're going to be the last to come back. In terms of other entertainment content, uh, like films and TV shows, well, it takes hundreds of people being right. together. Right, and you and can't do that. Thousands. Um, but no matter what, anything that has to do with entertainment is a team sport, other than, I guess, if you're a novelist or a poet. So I have no, I don't think anyone knows. I know many of the Broadway shows that shut down, you know, um, when Cuomo uh, made the order to shut down yeah. all of those venues. A lot of them are not going to come back. They were either hanging on right. or they were Now, there is one show that was having its first preview the night of the shutdown, they're oh, not going to open it at all gosh. or go back to the room. Who was that? Who was that? That's Virginia Woolf. The oh, new- wow. Who's, who was in that? Talk about a niche. Yeah, that's a niche. Right. Laurie Metcalf and... Um, yeah. Oh, she's great. I forgot who was playing George, but I have no... So I have a friend who's a Broadway producer, and he said um, they're going to pay everybody in their shows for a month, but they can't probably do it past that because... They won't be taking in any revenue and any show that's sort of been on the bubble or struggling. They're just going to let go because to regroup after this tremendous loss of, you know, um, income won't make any sense. So you don't have to do rehearsals to get everybody back up to speed and that's going to cost you money. And I have a theory. I have a theory about this, about about Hollywood and these these commitments. And, you know, I would imagine there's big stars that are under contract. They're expecting a certain amount of money. You know, I would I'm guessing that this might be just about as difficult to negotiate as the um, the 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 Olympics were in, oh, in Japan. Absolutely. See, the thing about it is, in this case, um, the, in the rumor version of what you're asking me, and I have no idea if it's true. One of the things that Amazon at, uh, certainly its original content is probably a gnat on the landscape of the corporation. Mm. So in terms of their bottom line, I don't think that they are, you know, so desperate to get their entertainment content back up in terms of protecting their assets. Um, It's just one more satellite in this huge corporation, but they are very nervous. (laughs) Thank you, you, Steve. Steve is showing us his, uh, his Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but go and Carol. So I like the there's ball. a lot of I mean, money here, though. I know it's a yes, blip, it's a lot but of money, but it's nothing compared to the amount of money they make other ways. And one of the things they don't want is exposure to insurance claims, which is if they were to reconvene, start making content again. I guess 
too soon too and soon. somebody were to get infected. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Then Am- that's on Amazon, I guess. So all of those companies are going to be very careful. If a restaurant reopens, it's on them, I would imagine, to if protect the sick. employees that work there, right? Yeah. I mean, Yeah, well, they probably couldn't reopen unless the, the government, government said they could, so... You know, and, and that'd this, be on the government. This just doesn't involve the actors. I mean, you've you've got all of the cameramen and the sound people and the costume yeah, people. And the, people. Oh I mean, gosh. when when you're on, I'm, I'm curious. When you're on set, we see what's in front of the camera. But what's how many people are there behind the camera? When say you're in your apartment and you're doing a scene in your kitchen, how many people are there behind that we don't see? About a hundred. At 100. least, right. And that's not even the people that she can see because there's all the costume people that are in, the, in their exactly. trailers or whatever and all the... Um, there's a, it's 100 people. There is... Um, craft services. Um, yes, exactly. And there's so many technical people that are involved that have to do with the lighting and the sound and they're all you know being tucked around places in a location where you can't see them. And that takes an enormous amount of time in setting up a shot is how do you hide all of those people that it takes to, you know, there's somebody hovering over you with a microphone right. called a boom. And, you know, you've heard, I'm sure people go, the boom's in the shot because sure. that, I've seen I, the boom in the shot. Yeah. Yes, in some movies. Yeah. So there, you know, take that as an example times, you know, a hundred different people who each have very specific jobs to make entertainment content. So I would imagine, you know, you even see now, right now on the news, social distancing, where people are doing the news, you know, each from their own home. I think at the end of this, for many industries, things will, you know, it's almost like when you play Candyland and you have to go back down the mountain and start over. <laughs> that shoots start. and ladders. That shoots <laughs> and ladders. Okay. Thank you, Steve. It's Keeping okay. things honest. I here. don't remember either one. So. Unlike unlike President Trump, we it do works. know our games. <laughs> yes, I'm so well. You know, it's like when when things like I guess. The DMV reopens. It'll be just like it always was. Right. But I think that when entertainment reopens, it will be profoundly different. And I happen to live on Restaurant Row, you know, on Ninth Avenue, every single block and every cuisine in the world is represented. And I just said to my husband the other day, I wonder when this is all over, how many of these restaurants will actually reopen. Did you uh, just, you know, you know what I mean? Some of them won't. A lot of them won't. A lot of them will not. You don't think, Steve? I think I think a lot of them. I think a lot of restaurants hang on sort of month to month, like wow. most other people. And if you're going to be out for two to three months, which I think the total time is going to be somewhere between two to three months, especially in New York City, a lot of restaurants are just going to close. Wow. Yeah, and all our great bars too. I mean, um, because we 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 watch bars and we watch them close all the time. Oh, that's uh, right. You know, um, we just had a bar right around the corner from where we live called Cleopatra's Well, it was a Eagle. restaurant, too. But, well, it was a jazz, bar. It was right? a jazz no, club. It had a huge, yeah. a huge uh, a horseshoe bar. Yeah. And they closed just recently, and um, it happens all the time. It's business in the world. It's New York City, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the, since there's four of us, you know, here and together, and how do you all feel about the fact that New York has been New York City where we all are? Right. Um, is the epicenter and it is the epicenter now of this virus and we are right there I'm getting calls people are so worried about me because this is where I am and I don't feel that I'm an epicenter when I'm outside but I want to know how you guys feel yeah I feel pretty epi- epicenterish myself um, 
And and Alan um, is is uh, certainly someone whom I'm concerned about because he's of an age where and you have and he has asthma, <laughs> so I have to make sure that I am safe because God forbid I should get the carry the virus home. That's just you know would be the worst. So right. um, I you, I feel I feel it. I really do. Do you do you two go out? Do you uh, Caroline? Do you go out? Uh, yeah, I mean we go out every night. After nine, we take our dog to Central Park. Yeah. And less and less people. But even when we were in the park today walking just so you can get outside and get some exercise. But the thing that I hate the most about what's going on is that I'm walking down the street and I'm looking at everyone like they're my executioner. Yeah. I hate that. <gasps> Isn't it the that- truth? And they're looking at you like you're their executioner. I know. And that the way we look at each other. I mean, yes. you can. It's those look in the eyes of people, it's you know, fear. when people have on masks and they're all wrapped up and you just see their eyes scan you. Right. Like, could you hurt me? Could you hurt me? It's a terrible feeling. It really and, is. You know, after 9-11, I was not living here, but I came here about 10 days later. And one of the things, it was just the opposite, is that after that tragedy that was shared by this city, people, I mean, now we have amnesia, but people were really embracing of each other. Yeah. And this yeah. is the opposite. Now everyone is my potential enemy. This, it's now. a totally different feeling than 9-11. Yes. Totally different. Yes. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's strange 9/11 in the same way. 9-11 was almost kumbaya. Yeah. I mean, that we were, Absolutely. we were all suffering together. I mean, we're all suffering together, but in such a different way. Now we're like walking, it's like the walking dead. But think about it. 9-11... It was done. It was an event and it was done. We didn't know it was done. We, you know, yeah, all of us we were did. waiting, like waiting to hear, anxiously waiting to hear if anyone survived. And after days and days and days, you kind of go, oh, my God. Steve, I haven't heard much from you. What, what uh, Are you hunkering down? Uh, yeah, well, for the most part, yeah. I haven't been out of the apartment in two and a half days. Spent the last two days and actually uh, braved going to Target because... We saw on the website that they had thermometers and oh. uh, wasn't liking the digital thermometer readings that I was getting. So um, braved it out. And the interesting thing, Caroline, was on the way there, there was a woman who, as she walked down the street, um, she was walking by herself. Every person that she saw, she said, hi, how you doing? It's wonderful to see you today. Wow. Yeah. Um, did she and, did she stay six feet away? Yeah, she she kept her social distance, but she made eye contact. She went out of her way to make eye contact and have that very happy um, response. And it was actually on that walk to Target that I heard the word Corona being used as a verb for the first time. Oh, I've been Corona. How, how- I, it was it was the uh, by the mall. There are a group of taxis that like. You know, they're like taxi for people with bags and the taxi drivers were having a fight. And the one guy was like, you know, your name's not on the list. You know, you have to wait because the list and the guy looks, he goes, you can take that Corona list and shove it up your ass. <laughs> no, no, no. That's an adjective. It's not a, I'm oh, a teacher. Sorry, an adjective. Okay. I'm so sorry. that's okay. I'm sorry. I'm I want to know how you do the Corona. You know, I want to. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, that's a noun. I, I, I got no, my, that, I got my parts that's of speech a verb. Right. I know someone who's been coroned. I mean, there you go. That's a verb. That's there a verb. Go. There oh, you go. It's going to happen to Corona beer, Alan. <laughs> I heard that people weren't buying it, but I've seen people buy it off the shelf. So I think that it's going to do okay. 
I think they might have to have a name change. I think so. Yeah, how could you? Be? That's very good, Carolyn. What is? Wait, wait, wait. What corona is Corona? Beer. What does it mean? <gasps> corona means what a crown. Does it mean? it means a crown like really? uh, shape. I think so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Like the Corona. Like when you when there's an eclipse and the sun peeks out around the moon, that's the corona because it looks like a shining. Okay, crown. so that's the beer too because of the sun or something. I guess. I, yes. I guess you're right. Yeah. I never thought. I okay. mean, they're they're totally out of business. Wow, they're out nah. of business, and, but they should have a contest. I don't know. I think a lot of those kids that were down in in Florida on the beach uh, for spring break were all corona. Oh yeah, yeah, they were corona. Absolutely. Yeah, they love yeah. they love the corona. It's like. They don't care. I would like to drink. I would like to drink a toast with a Corona beer when this ends. Two Corona ending. Yeah, I don't yeah. have any Corona. Beer what's that? Could you guys talk about that? Um, this is my pop quiz to everybody. Yeah, I'll start with you. I guess Alan. Just it's a jelly beans in the jar guess. But at what date do you see yourself sitting in a restaurant oh, having oh. a deal with your wife in New York City? Oh God! Well, one, it's it's a bar. It'd have to be a bar. I, I want to sit back at Gephardt's where we did our first okay. podcast. So why um, might you be doing that? I, wor- I, I worry about Matt Gephardt, who's the owner. Um, when when would that be? You know, that's, Caroline, what a question. Jelly beans in the jar gas, like July 15th. All right. July 15th. Okay. See, I'm, I'm more of a pessimist. I see, it, I see it more like in August. Well, I was reading um, an article today for, about a man who's uh, American living in China throughout the whole um, virus in China. And um, he was, I mean, he was talking about the lockdown that he had to live through. He was concerned about America because he doesn't see us doing the same thing. But um, I think it was 10 weeks, 10 weeks. What what week are we on? What, what, What week are we on now? Yes. What is our timing? I can't figure it out. I mean, we're, uh, yeah, we're easily a month into it. No, I don't think so. I think this is not, no. I think this is, we're into the second week. week. Yeah, we're in the second week. Yeah, that's it. But the the difference. Well, it's that time thing that Caroline was saying. Time has totally changed now. Right. Yeah. But the difference is when they locked down in China, public transportation stopped. You couldn't be on the street. Yeah, that's the thing. that's what they he's managed saying. food distribution that came to you. Like, you know, when the when the Chinese official went to Italy, he was like, are you people insane? Like, you're, you're not locking down. This is not right. closing the situation right. down. So we should look so, at how Italy's, how long it's taking for them because we're more like them. We're more like Italy than like China because yeah. – uh, and they're they're still going. They They dipped and then they had their highest death rate uh, yesterday. The day before – they dipped and then they came back up. So we're, you know, I passed the park and people were playing baseball. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Two, exactly. Two and a half days ago. So. That's what this guy saw on social media. And he says, you guys are not going to make it. Um, I think if we looked yeah. out the windows of our apartments right now, but we still, would see, a, we would a see lot people on the street. I mean, there are maybe exceptions, but I mean, it is like the walking dead outside. Steve, stop scratching your eye. Yeah. <laughs> Don't touch your face. I'm inside. Yeah, I'm inside. you can do okay, it inside. Okay. <laughs> I, I, and that's the weird thing. It's like now the moment I walk outside, every area of my face itches. It's <laughs> like and my, and whatever. And my eyeglasses start falling off. And my yeah. eyes start tearing. It's, yeah, crazy. It's, it's really bad. And is your ear part of your face? <laughs> 
think I think it is. Touch your ear. No, I think you scratch your ear. I think you could scratch your ear. No, everything's connected. No, the ear bones connected to the throat bone. The throat bones connected to the eye bone. It is an ENT ear, nose, and throat. You know, I think it's all connected. Yeah, but you have the eardrum. If there's right. a hole uh, in the eardrum, maybe, uh, but you got the drum there. You can scratch the top of your head. I don't That's think it. that germs go through can get through the drum. I don't know. Has anyone noticed? Because I, I I've noticed it myself. Because I think I have a tendency of, of, of compulsive behavior. Of like, how, how do you tend to? I mean, I know we're washing our hands. Like touching a lot. your face when you go outside. <laughs> no, I no compulsive behavior is just like I mean we wash our keys when we come in we wash everything we have a decontamination station uh at the door where everything goes into the garbage plastic uh rubber gloves uh shoes off um wash if you took the credit card wash your credit card you wash your keys yeah you mean into your apartment or into your building and into the apartment once we get into yeah the outside the door it's a world of germs No, we don't. You know, so you see, the outside is we don't a wash our keys. No, no, we don't either. Well, because you're touching your keys with, you know, it's like if you're wearing rubber gloves and you get your keys out, now you've contaminated your keys. Yeah, it's true. If you're wearing rubber gloves and you take your credit card out, now you've contaminated your credit card. Wow. Steve, you're not making me feel good here. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, you asked about compulsive <laughs> okay, behavior. Yeah, so, but you know, I, I, yeah, that's not really compulsive behavior Wait, in these Carolyn's days. Carolyn's saying something. Yeah. yeah like, I just was going to say, I didn't understand. I just, the penny just dropped for me. I've been wearing rubber gloves for every time I go out for about a week, but it didn't occur to me until a few days ago. Just because I have on rubber gloves doesn't mean I can scratch my nose. That's right. Point is right, that, right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Is being kept from being on my fingers, but I go, oh, I, I've owned gloves. I can do whatever I want. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no. You're not Superman because you wear rubber gloves. It's yeah, hard. It's, it's like we're a science experiment or something. I know, and it's also so invisible. That's why I said, do you guys feel epicenterish? Because when I walk outside, I live in Men, Midtown Manhattan. There are people. I mean, not a huge amount. And now the Whole Foods, which is like two blocks from me now has, you know, a big sort of yellow crime tape across the front door where you would go in to get on the escalator and huge lines because they're only letting in 10 people at a time. So now you have to wait in line to Yeah, shop. but then when you're waiting, yeah, in, line, you're waiting you're, in line, you're not six feet apart, which is crazy to me. I know. Well, this line was very spread out. And, oh, that's good. and I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm doing everything right. I do know that, yes, there are people who say, you know, we're doing it wrong and we're not. Um, rigorous enough, but New York is shut down. Really? It is. Yeah, yeah, but I'm right? afraid we're not shut down enough, and I think Steve is going to be the only survivor. <laughs> you're going to be living, you're going to be living in the city by yourself <laughs> because I am not washing my keys or my credit Just, card. All you have to do, all you have to do yeah. is take a little spray bottle um, and put like a tablespoon of bleach in, in the water spray bottle. We already bottle have that. And we spray them down that. And, yeah. and wash it and just wash your keys. Just spray them. But, but the credit card? Spray it, babe. Well, if just spray if it. If you're touching it with your hand, with your hand, with a rubber glove on, all right, all if right. your glove is contaminated, you're transferring. The okay. So what if, so Wait. we wear cotton gloves. So what if we take the cotton gloves off and then touch the 
the credit card, hand it to the person, no, and then put the rubber. No, because you're putting the much. credit card into the into the slot. You don't know oh, what what credit God. card's been What's in there. It? Yeah, you don't yeah. know what. Yeah, you don't oh, know what God. slot. You don't know what it's on that person. You don't know where hand. that slot has been. I'll be seeing I'll ta- you. All right, ta- you said you want to talk about obsessions, and I don't think this is obsession. <laughs> no, I'd seem pretty I, obsessive, I, but I, it makes sense. I went to the uh, CVS drugstore at 57th Street, and I went to pay for a prescription. This was yesterday. And you know they have um, those card machines on the counter once they hand you your script. But now they have tables way out from the counter mm-hmm. onto the floor mm. of the store so that you're about 10 feet from the cashier. Right. So do you pit, you pitch your, your card at them, just throw you it at them? Just throw the card at them. Oh, throw it in. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. You know, you have like a Frisbee, like whoosh. Um, are you wearing masks? I want to know about your mask. Just, just my gorilla mask. You know, That's it. my son is a, um, he's studying um, um, biology um, and at University of Maryland. And so he he says, the masks don't work. It's just a waste of time. The the the, the coronavirus is too small. It gets through everything. Yep. It's just a waste of time. You have to have those really special, super duper masks. You yeah. know, they have N95 a respiratory masks. system. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just a waste of time. And also, I read yeah. today. The cotton masks that I bought, the kind that you buy, you know, at the smoke shops, that paper mask. And they said, it's like just a germ house because it <laughs> gets moist, it gets right. wet. That's right. It's right next to your nose and mouth. It's so, like a hothouse for germs. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It, it truly is. But isn't it wild to walk down the street and see so many people that are all wrapped up and in masks and, and darting yeah. around and yeah. it's. It makes it's, them feel better somehow, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, I don't know what is on the other side of this. And will we have the same amnesia that we had after 9-11, which is if this is all said and done, let's say it's a year where life is very different from January to January of next year. Yeah. By about March, do you think everybody will have forgotten I think it, it's no. a tendency in our time to forget. And it I may disagree. not be March, but <laughs> two years from now. No, 9-11 changed the world. Wait. You can't, I mean, no, 9-11 changed the world. I, I mean, asked, individuals maybe have, have amnesia, but 9-11 definitely changed the world. I, I, I don't think so. I, oh, I, I, absolutely. Te- I teach at John Jay College. 9-11 is about 20 years out, oh, no, 19 years no, out. But, wait a minute, wait a minute, mm, wait a minute. No, history. My students were not born. But of course, when they don't remember. It's no, not they don't about remember. that. It's not about the fact that they remembered or not. It's about the fact that the the effect that nine eleven had on the world and things changed drastically after that, and yeah. especially in this country. Well, so how could they remember? Yeah. They didn't. They weren't around. Well, I don't. I, I think in the end, it doesn't. Go on. Will this change the character of the world? If nine eleven changed the character of this country, and I think in some ways. You're right, for the worst, not for the best. I saw Dennis Miller speak in L.A. right after 9-11, and he had gone from being a lefty comedian to a right zealot. And he said, and they were asking him about that, and he said, you know, if you fuck me, I fuck you back. And his up was not the only one. I think a lot of people, at least in terms of the national character of this country, decided that, you know, we get to take on the enemy. However we define that for ourselves, right. we take on the enemy. And we, co- and we created Guantanamo. 
Yes, exactly. We did a lot of really bad things. Exactly. And, do you and think we're, that and this we're still there. The you're, you're right. Of the world. Well, yeah. I, 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 okay. I think it will. I definitely think it will change America. For how long, I don't know. Um, but certainly one of the things that's going to be examined and re-examined and re-examined is how our country handled the mm-hmm. epidemic. And I don't think it's going to be good for this, for uh, the, the, the government. So I think we've come around to the question that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested where where Steve and Carolyn are, is how well is the great leader handling this? And I think the answer is pretty, pretty obvious. Oh, yeah. It's it, I mean, it's I, we talked about this in our last episode. Uh, the federal response is pretty much a shit show. Um, it, it it should have been happening in the beginning of January. Uh, people were writing op eds that nothing was happening. Um, the Trump administration has no idea how to deal with a response to something like this. You can't call it a fat ass. You can't give it a funny name. You can't have your people t- uh, chanting about it. So they have no idea how to respond to it um, other than is it good for me or bad for me um, as Donald Trump. And uh, I think we're in a lot of trouble. You know? Yeah, yeah. What's most upsetting, I think, I, it, there's just no words for what a criminal he is in my mind now that I think of him even as of yesterday saying, you know, we're going to reopen this country. We're not meant to be a shutdown country. It's going to happen. The stock market goes back up. He starts to see his numbers go back up, but that it, his approval rating, which has always been around in the forties was not at all changed by his handling of this. And I think that this exposed in so many ways in like primary colors, Things that have been exposed for the last three years, which is he's unfit. He has no idea what he's doing. But the most dangerous part of him of all is that he is willing to have his policies create casualties. He did it with immigration. He's doing it with this. He is completely fine with that. And I thought, well, it's now it's so exposed. We're all the same now. We don't have a party anymore. We don't have a divide anymore. None of that because we're all equally vulnerable to this virus. And yet he has managed to coerce it and co-opt it politically in a way that if it's hurting him politically, he will create any narrative he needs to, even if it endangers us. And there's one other point to that, Caroline, is that there are many people out there who still believe him and they like what he's saying and they live according to the Trump, uh, you know, doctrines of, you know, the evil, the Chinese flu and, you know, the evil Mexicans and the other is out there to get you. And, you know, watch out. Your daughter is going to be raped by the uh, the evil immigrant. And he will look for scapegoats. And that narrative is believed by many, many, I'm going to call them Usians because uh, we're... Define. A Usian is someone from the U.S., we're all um, Canadians are Americans. Mexicans are Mexican, Americans. Yeah, we can't they're call all Americans. ourselves Americans. Yeah, we've op- we've we've co-opted the term American. Oh, that's so interesting. So I I now call us Usians, and it really works Alan because we are we are users of the world, and we have been users of the world for a long time. So I'm trying I'm trying to get the Usian idea out there. That's a great idea. I'm gonna. I like it. I like yeah. it, and I think it's profound in your. Absolutely right. Especially I, in the day of Trump. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I thought in a way, you know, nothing brings people together more than a common enemy. They sort of know that. So I thought, you know, I was speaking to my friend who lives in Israel and I said, well, so what's happening there? So all of, you know, that's a conflict that is ongoing about where the boundaries are, where the land is, who owns what. And she said, you can feel it being erased Mm. because they're all on top of each other in the West Bank. And Mm -hmm. yet they're all vulnerable in the exact same way, all interdependent. And so maybe, you know, who knows, maybe some good will come out of that. But I think that when you said there are still people who believe him, that's why I think fame is a responsibility. It is a responsibility because people will believe you for no good reason. And he is not willing to take responsibility for his power. When I, what I mean by that is he will exercise it no matter what to its absolute outer limits. And whatever the casualties are within that exercise, he's okay with that. Yeah, well, he's not to true. blame. He's already said, I, I, I'm not to be blamed for any of this. And, uh, you know, he did, Steve, was trying to explain to me what Fauci's role was. And I said to Steve a week ago, I said, how come he gets away with you know, speaking and, and for Fauci. Trump and contradicting Trump. And guess what? He stopped getting away with it two days ago. They said he has been silenced. Yep. Well, he's he's still he was up there today, apparently. But they, they've really reeled him in. And Steve said he's walking this very fine line of trying not to contradict Trump while also telling us the truth, yep. which is a very hard thing to do right now. So, Steve, talk about Fauci. I mean, he, Dr. Fauci, who's been telling us the truth. But I've noticed lately he's been, um, he feels um, a little, like like there's a little something covering his mouth now. Did, yeah. did you well, sense that? He, yes. Well, he, he never, he doesn't, the thing that he, well, first of all, uh, he's, he's a goomba, he's a, an Italian guy from Brooklyn, which is a good thing. And he's he like one of our premier, I do love that. He's like one of our premier immunologists and he works on epidemics and pandemics and he's like one of the smartest guys we have in the country and he doesn't jump out to correct trump he just makes sure that he steps up to correct the record and that's what trump doesn't like about him yep yep yeah you know what they said today i read which was very interesting they said that the media is responsible for him being you know sort of demoted in terms of his prominence at these press conferences, because when they have him on by himself, they say, well, Donald Trump said that and you said this. So who's telling the truth? And they said to the media, it was a call to the media to back down and do not constantly characterize him as being in opposition to the administration. If they would just quiet that a little bit, mm. maybe we could still hear from him. Because, yeah. in fact, we do want to hear from him. Yes, we do. And not Trump. <laughs> So, yeah. So let me ask you this. Um, Who do we want to hear from? Let's say we were in a better world than we are now, and we had a leader who actually was talking (sighs) talking a way that kind of like made us feel better in the sense that, you know what I'm saying, who do you want as a leader? And you can pick anyone in history, anyone living today or in the past, or you can even make them up. Like, for instance, for me, it's President Bartlett. Yeah, 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 I'm there with you. Who's yeah. President Bartlett? From the West Wing. West um, Wing, the, the TV um, show. What's what's the actress? Martin name? Sheen. Martin Sheen. Yeah. Martin Sheen, okay. Right, who's right, right. a great a great American yes. or Yusian. 
Uh, he's, uh, I've, I've seen him at protest marches, Martin Sheen. He's the best president we never had. So besides President Bartlett, who, who would be a leader that you would yearn for at this moment? I would say, for me, it's Hillary, because this is a worldwide pandemic, and she had a relationship with the world. Right. And I think to be able to have a dialogue with the brain trust of the world at this point, no matter what their country is, no matter what their politics or policies are, in order to create a dialogue among everyone who is being affected the same way, I think she would be so valuable to us during this time in terms of that part of what I need. The other part of what I need is I need, you know, I need a mom. I need my parents. I need somebody to tell me it's going to be okay. And when I think of that person, I wish it was Obama. I keep thinking about Obama's administration. And, you know, the only thing that I tell my children is, There is one thing we know for sure, which is it will be over. We don't know when. We don't know what the, you know, the final count will be. But it will be over. And you have to just know that this is not the way the world will be forever and ever. And And that's the only thing we know. And Steve, who's, who's your dream leader that you would like to listen to right now? You stole it. You literally stole it. I always say I I would really love to have President Bartlett. I don't know that there's any person out there. um, You know, Caroline and I were discussing it. And I did say the sad thing about the last election is that this particular moment, Hillary Clinton's skill sets are particularly good to achieve the best result for the country. And it's kind of sad that we don't have the best possible person doing the job right now. Um, but I, you know, I don't, I'm a cynic. So, so I, I don't have a lot of faith in, in people or messiahs or leaders or that kind of thing. So you, you, what I always say is there was a time when there wasn't a Martin Luther King. And then there was one, there was a time when there wasn't a Gandhi and then Gandhi showed up, you know, there are people throughout history who have showed up and literally changed the direction of the tide. I mean, nobody can change the direction of something like a virus, but I do believe that with we know the spilt milk of this leadership and why we are where we are. But in terms of our psyches holding together during this time, um, we also have no help with that yeah. at all. Becky. Oh, well, oh, go ahead, Steve. Well, I all, all I was going to say is, the problem is, is again, we live in a world with two different realities. Like Jerry Farwell Jr. has reopened Liberty University and said all the students should come back to the dorms. We're oh. going to have classes. Oh, my so, God. Like a vault. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So like when you live in a time, you know, and the the lieutenant governor of uh, Texas you know, who is a devout right to life Christian is like, we need to come back and start creating wealth and money. And if the, the fallout of that is that our grandparents have to die, <gasps> they should oh happily gosh. make that sacrifice. Oh my you haven't gosh. heard that yet? No. no. Oh my no. God. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, Google that. Oh, you know? wow. Right. You know, it's, he's talks about the older generation needs to you know, they have to understand sacrifice because we need to keep the engine of the economy going. And if the sacrifice is that old people will get this virus, so be it. Praise Jesus. 
Yeah. Wow. It's the model of the walking dead. But here the walking dead are all these young people with coronavirus and the and the people who are the humans who are trying to kind of survive are the old people. Yeah. And they're trying to run away and it must there's yeah. gotta be we have to to give value then. We have to give value back somehow. And, Be- Becky, um, who's who's your president? Well, I'm I'm thinking more about the people that I'm listening to now that are alive that are talking during this um, event. That I'm, I mean, I really appreciate the the way Cuomo is um, uh-huh. addressing the state every day, and he's very calm and measured. Oh, he doesn't always. He's not always calm. He gets upset. He gets, he gets upset at New he's Yorkers. Real. He's real. Um, but it's it's he's you know, another, he gives the another Italian the, too. He gives the real yeah. you know he's a real real speak you know no no BS and he calls out the president. I mean he hasn't. I mean president hasn't has he has he made the um, war act yet? Has he claimed that yet to make to make companies make uh, um, ventilators yet? Has he done that? Because he said he, he was gonna like day or two said, ago. Yeah, he said that he was going to. He said that he has signed it. But hasn't enacted it, and I have a theory like, about that. What's he waiting for? Okay, all what's right. Your well, theory? what's the theory? The theory is that their whole um, campaign is predicated around running against the the evil of socialism, and that we have to stamp out these lefty socialists. And if he goes in and nationalizes uh-huh. uh, the industries to create this. Then they're going to say, well, see how socialism worked to save our country. Oh. Yep. And wow. so yep. so he's not doing that because yep. he doesn't want to give up that talking point on the campaign. And let me add this um, addendum to your um, theory. He doesn't give an F about New York City. No, he doesn't care. He about, could, we, he could, do- we could go completely down. Here's the here's the secret. He doesn't care about this country. Yeah. He only yeah. cares about himself. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I've I've got I've got one last question because we're kind of wait wait. Who's yours? Is yours Bartlett? Is oh, yours I, I, I you start, said Bartlett. Yeah, I started Bartlett. this whole thing, yeah. and then you you took it. Oh, well, I'll take I it can. too. Well, though. It's true. We can share him. I've all, I've always wanted Martin Sheen to be president. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. This, this, this is my my last question is so Biden is now president, and he says, you know, okay, everyone, you know, Uncle Joe says you can go out now. We're cold. We're clear. We're good. What's the first thing you do when you walk through that door and you've been behind it all summer? What do you do? First thing. Go to Coney Island. Yeah. Get a hot dog. Get a hot dog. Go in the beach. Ride the cyclone. And feel like, you know, breathe a little like New York back into my lungs. Yeah. If there's something that smells like New York, it's Coney Island. Absolutely. <laughs> it's the beach. It's the salt. It's the the, the popcorn it, and the Nathan's hot dogs. Nathan, the, I, the, the, yeah, I the, did. I did New Year's Eve at Coney Island once. Nice. Wow. wow. You ever do that uh, swim where people jump into the water? No. <laughs> How about the mermaid parades? You've been there for that. I've I've been to the mermaid parade, but uh, not in a long time. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think we saw it once at least. Becky, what would what would you do? Um, I, I would make a beeline for our grandson. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause we haven't been, we haven't been playing with him. No, we can't see oh, him. God. Oh God. You haven't, is he local? Yeah. yeah, he's in the yeah Bronx. He lives in the Bronx he's and we Steve. <laughs> FaceTime him all the time, but we can't pick him up and like, you know, nuzzle him. Oh, and, and he said, and he loves us and he misses us and he talks to mom about, you know, wanting to see us and yeah, it's really hard. My, mine is, mine, it, mine is no. similar. 
I'd, I'd have a whole picnic organized. Everyone nice. would be invited. Everyone would bring their, their coleslaw and potato salad. Including you and Caroline and Steve. You guys are invited. Yeah, and, and they're all invited. And we'd go down to Riverside Park, and okay. we would throw the football, and we would tumble in the grass. And, <laughs> and drink yeah. our wine. And, and we would drink our wine, and we'd do that until the sun goes down. Yeah. Carolyn, what about you? The hairdresser. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah, that's immediately true. I have to get my hair colored. I have to get my nails done. Yeah. I have to get my eyebrows waxed. You know, I have to go back to the beauty highway before I can even look in the mirror again. It would be very important. Yeah, I, I don't know so, what my hair is going to look like but in, in another three months. I've been trying to get Becky to say, give me a haircut, but she won't. No. Um, I don't have enough hair for it to really matter. So, <laughs> exactly. so, so how are you guys, what are you guys doing, like, entertainment-wise in terms of, is it, like, all television all the time? Well, like, we have a show. We always have a show we're watching, and regardless of, of Right of, now we're watching pandemics. Uh, um, uh, Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. We always, oh. like... Good. Yeah, so we watch him every night. Yeah, we watched all. We watched Mrs. Mays all the way through. So yeah, we can't go back to that. Well, we so. can watch it again. And we're we're we've just recently this past Sunday we had a Google Hangout with our family. Um, How was that? Alan's sister and all of her children. And it was fun. It was, it was fun. really nice. And now we're going to we're all choosing a movie that all of us are going to watch at some point and then sit down and talk. Well, about it's it. more than that. Oh. I had this idea that we would go on a virtual trip to some country. Oh, and so we picked a movie based either about the country or made in the country, or you know, and then. So what? What country did they pick? Italy. I didn't want. I wanted them to guess. Oh, I oh. Well, you said I didn't know that. I know that's right. So yeah, they chose Italy. They chose Italy, the which most is, infested country of all, right? Well, but yeah. it's you and know, we're getting there. It's a great country to visit if it's yeah. not in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. The next country would be the United States. Yeah, you know, barefoot in the park or something. Yeah, yeah. New York City. Yeah, so uh, and, have, and, and we're also guys, teaching. We're also we're also both teachers. Yeah, we're both still working. So we're both working. I'm we're, I'm I'm starting next week. So Caroline's not working. I'm but on we're spring working. break. I'm on spring break now. Go back to work. That's what's yeah. scary. My friend uh, is a high school French teacher who is doing his classes on Zoom and literally says. You know, he gets up, he turns on the computer, and he's got his shirt and his tie on, and underneath he's <laughs> yeah. just wearing his boxer shorts. Yeah, I, I don't even. You know, I, I don't I'm turn. The, I don't turn the camera on. I'm, I'm not wearing even that much. So. Oh my God. What about you, Caroline? What are you going to do? What am I doing? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. You know, as as the days go by, I've been this doing podcasts, um, uh, reading, which I'm not really a reader usually. I've been reading and I've been writing. I am a writer usually, and um, what I want to do, which I haven't done, and I'm hoping to get to it because I want this to be a productive time. I'm kind of failing at that. I've been searching for a doctor who will put me in a medically induced coma uh-huh. and just wake me up when it's over because uh-huh. I'm just I'm, I'm so not so suited fun. for social distancing. I love people. Yeah. So, really hard i mean when you just said that about your grandchildren i was just like aching for you i just can't even imagine um and don't think about it that's the thing i'm making stuff up to do is really what it comes down to but what i want to do is go through all the drawers and all the clothes and all the albums and make the scrapbook and you know all of that stuff right i've started that yet with no excuse well what are you reading what are you reading i'm reading two unbelievably interesting books one book I'm reading is called Eighth Street Women, 
which the creator of Maisel bought, Amy Sherman Palandino, to make into the next series that she will do. And it's about five female artists in New York City in the 30s who are who have been uncredited but are credited with the start of really the abstract uh, art movement in America. And um, it's fascinating. And the other book I'm reading, which is I have right here, which Steve will be very surprised at. It's actually my favorite. It's called The Last Pass. It's Cousy Russell, The Celtics, and What Matters in the End. And it's written by a guy named Gary Pomerantz. And why am I reading it? Well, I bought it for my son, who's, you know, um, whose grandfather was Boston Celtic, who is a basketball player himself. But the reason I'm reading it, it's so interesting, it's about race relations in America. Hmm. And um, that, that Cousy and Russell were one of the greatest duos, but um, that Cousy at the end of his life still feels enormously guilty for what he put Russell through. He didn't know how hard it was to be a black athlete hmm. in the 50s. So it's a, it's a great book. So that's right. sort of a weird combo of things, but... That's what I'm reading. Well, you're a weird combo of a uh, person. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely. I, I, it's only I'm saying a praise because I, I love weird combos. <laughs> uh, what are you guys reading? I I I have not. You know what? Everyone's saying you have all this time to read, and I've just been so busy. He's been on the making. He started a new podcast. I started a new podcast called Hunkered Down, and uh, I'm trying to talk to artists and uh, singers, and because I know they're not performing now, yeah, and I, just... I and actors, and I want them to kind of let it out on hunker down. So maybe I'll, I'll contact you and see if I can get you on to, uh-huh. and do, and you know that do a one piece. One of our great playwrights just died about an hour ago. Oh. Uh, Terrence McNally. Oh, oh my God. From the virus. Um, From the Florida. virus. Oh my gosh. Terrence, Terrence had been sick for a long time. He had, he had lung cancer. It's been about 15 years. So oh, it's wow. kind of sad that this is what took him down. Wow. Yeah. Well, He's been fighting and writing, but this was it. And, you know, a friend of mine said to me today, this is, you see, if you guys could explain something to me, it might help the listeners. I don't understand when there are no tests, why the numbers keep escalating as rapidly as they do. I don't really understand that. A friend of mine called me and said, I'm so mad at Rachel Maddow. And I said, why? And he said, because I I stayed up all night and I had an honest to God anxiety attack because you know, the predictions about what's that we are not where it's got that it's going to get so much worse. And I keep I don't know when it happened, what date it was. Again, time has taken on such a different, you know, complexion. But right. they did. Sh- they did close all of the theaters. They did close all of the restaurants. They did close all of the bars in New York within the last two weeks. That was a way of flattening the curve. Is there no way to measure whether any of that helped? Well, you can compare to what they did in Wuhan, in which they, uh, I, I heard they soldered people, uh, they welded people into their homes so they couldn't leave. I mean, they were really, really strict. Yeah. And the outcomes were good. The outcomes were positive. I mean, the virus went down. We're not, the United States, we have no way that you are going to weld people into their, yeah. into their apartments. It's but not going to happen. What we've That's done in problem. New York City is pretty extreme in terms of the heartbeat of the city. So if you're telling me that all of Broadway being closed, which means none of those people are coming in contact with each other, it doesn't mean that we are um, as vigilant as we should be in lockdown, but have any of these efforts made a dent? That's what I We'll know in two weeks. I look at it like we've 
cut an artery and what we're doing is we've got a bandage and we're putting pressure on that wound, but we haven't cauterized it and we haven't sewed it up yet. The things that's been the most upsetting to me is there's no narrative. There's no standardized way to behave, to understand this. It's like, you know, as you know, you choose your channel to hear what you need to hear during this time. There's no, I didn't even understand social distancing and for a while because there were so many different versions of what it meant. Right. Because there's no federal voice. There's no, you know, overall discussion. Which is the problem with the whole situation. And on that bright point. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say something that's very happy that Steve has taken up arms against this period of time and sent me a picture the other day of fresh baked bread. Did you learn how to bake bread? I did. I learned how to, I, that my response has been to like bake cookies and think about things like that. I would never think about doing. Um, it was inspired by going to the market and there was no bread. So we, we ended up buying the flour, the bread flour and the yeast and I gave it a shot, and uh, yes, I, I, for a first time, if how, for a first time, not bad. Not All right, bad. And, and you know what, Steve? I'm really happy for you, but I can't eat it. <laughs> All right, you how was it? You can't like you said share it was not it with bad. Us. We can't break bread. <laughs> so when we have the picnic, you're going to bring your so baked bread. I, I will. I will break. I will bake my baguettes. There you go. Yes, we should all make a commitment to learn one new thing. Okay. All right. Well, well, I'll study down. Latin. How's that? Down. Yeah. Wow. I'd like, to do. I'd like to do that. Right. Okay. I, I want to give one more um, shout out to Terrence McNally, um, who Caroline just recently said had just died recently. Today. <clears throat> Today, an hour ago. Right. Um, yeah, I was just reading about him while we were talking that the, uh, from the Dallas, um, <clears throat> sorry, the Dallas, uh, what is it? Uh, Dallas Morning News. Uh, writes, the coronavirus has now claimed a major figure in the arts. One who spent years growing up in Texas, playwright Terrence McNally, a four-time Tony Award winner, died Tuesday. He was 81. Oh, Tuesday. The quintessential man of the theater. It's today. And I mean, if there's, um, maybe we can do a shout out to um, Terrence McNally, wherever you are. Giant. A giant. Yeah, yeah, really. Off-Broadway, Frankie and Johnny in the Claire de Lune. Yeah. Um, So I knew Terrence and he was one of our great artists, and let's hope that this is not part of the narrative. Thank you very much, Caroline yes. Aaron and Steve Saparito, and uh, I'm Alan Winson, and Rebecca McKean is here. And this is a dual podcast, Angst and Daisies on one side of the city. And, and Barcore Bar Radio. Radio on the other side of the city. In all, our own homes. <laughs> all, all, hunkered, all hunkered down. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, we, we should do this again. This is, was a That's lot of fun. Yep. A lot, a we lot of good, fun. A we great, had a good time. Great way to spend some time. Yep. Okay. And hopefully we'll get to do an episode again in a bar. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yes. Don't All right. Thanks, that. guys. All right. Thank All you. right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.